first we look, Mark's back. Hey, Mark. And look, he's all like a brown goddess. Look, he's all tan. Golden so god. Talk, golden god. So we talk about a uh, little bit of the Kiss Cruise and how awesome it was. And then we also kind of talk about one other thing about, um, I think, but Grammy Bob could be a fraud. Could be. Could be. Don't say it too loud. People, you have to watch. Can we call participation trophy, Bob? People have been saying that to us. So we so, just had, we just asked the question. Could Grammy Bob be a friend? And and Lisa, because of your involvement today, we'd love to send you a participation certificate from Three Sides of the Coin. Well, thank you so very much. But I, you have to pay for it. I have to order and pay for it. <laughs> This is Three Sides of the Coin, talking all things KISS. I want to rock and roll all night. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. Want to get your official Three Sides of the Coin logo and shocker tee? Now you can. We ship worldwide. Get yours online at shop.threesidesofthecoin.com. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Three Sides of the Coin. We've got everybody here today. This is so, it's like a family reunion. It's Thanksgiving. Why is everything blurry? Because we we all blurred our background. No. I did this together. No, there's a setting in your Skype, Lisa, where you can unblur your background. That's okay. I'll leave it blurred. That way we can't see the dirty laundry on the floor. I don't have a fucking clue on how to do it. That's why. Exactly. So, 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 So for those of you who are listening, you got me, the tool. You got Ed. You got Mr. Meatloaf. And you got the weather girl here this week. Ooh, looking hot as ever. Love and, the shirt. And and you know, the t- I don't want to give away the topic yet, but let's just say I feel like this is going to be old school three sides of the coin where we're gonna light some fires, put some quarters in. Yeah, everybody's That's got right. a stack of quarters. So, but before we get into that, we do at least have to give Mark the opportunity to talk about yet another Kiss Cruise. Yes, guys, Kiss Cruise Nine. Phenomenal. Let me tell you, um, Kiss Cruise Ten is going to be uh, is going to be off the hook as well as the the kids like to say these days. But uh, all all kidding aside, man, um, they're doing it and doing it and doing it well, as they say. That fucking Kiss Cruise Nine was awesome. We had a great time, Liz and I. Um, you know, just just had the best of time. Um, and and obviously because I couldn't walk 15 feet without running into a three sides fan thank you from the bottom of my heart I, everybody's so fucking nice that comes up to you and tommy i was happy that you got to live that last year everybody and you know how many times people you know came up and asked about each one of you actually obviously tommy more because a lot of the same because well because most people hate me there you go <laughs> but uh 
It's your lot in life. <laughs> but but let me tell you, man, the three sides love on the ship was, was was awesome. Thank you. I can't remember everybody's name. I'd need a fucking calculator to do it. But um, thank you, thank you. It's genuine. It's nice. And uh, does Liz still does from, Lil still Liz, Lil does Liz still get asked for meatloaf recipes? Liz had some gentleman come up to her. I wish she was here. She's actually out with her friends tonight. Some gentleman who was really nice came up to us when we were getting ready to, to see watch Kiss inside the, the theater show. So it was the second. I always go to the second show. And totally bypassed me. He's like, Liz, you are so beautiful. And just was like just pouring it onto her. And I'm like, was, oh, you're all right. But I watched the show for the time she's on. Mark, 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 Mark is like, come on, just leave your key and go. So, so yeah, I think maybe that's what he wanted. Yeah, exactly. But all, all kidding aside, I don't, I don't recall the gentleman's name. But you were really cool to my wife, and you really made her night. It was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. But uh, uh, let me tell you, guys, uh, much like you've heard me say, and, and I'm, I know I'm going to bounce around a lot because that's what I, my verbal gymnastics, that's what I do. But they did. It's my life. And cool. as you guys know, I preached that song many, many so times. So how many Kleenexes did you have to use that night? <laughs> I have a, actually have a funny story about this. So they show the, the first night show in the atrium, but they also show it on the, 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 the room TVs. It's actually on all over the ship. Now, years ago, it used to just show like in the atrium. So everyone that didn't have, well, all right, I'll start from the beginning. I used to sneak into the first show for like the first few years. And then I heard that some people, if there was extra people in the cabin, they didn't get to go. So the big Catholic guilt came by me. I'm like, I'm sneaking in and taking somebody's spot that, you know, wanted such to go. a good boy. I know. So, so I'm like, you know what? I can't sneak in anymore. It wasn't hard either, too. I just, but anyways. So anyways, so the, the next year or two, I went to the atrium. And it's just, I want to watch the show, you know, and there's shit going on and people walking through. So over the last couple of years, they, they put nice TV screens in the room, like big screen TVs that are really nice. So I want to say, so I, so I know, I know, I know, I know. I just so anyways, so I watched, so I watched the show from, from inside the room and everyone was coming up to me. Cause I Lisa, you're to such a tease. I talked to Tommy earlier in the night, Tommy there, I talked to him for about 20 minutes and I said, look, I know you guys haven't had much time to rehearse because Gene had been in the hospital and, you know, Paul was doing Soul Station. I said, but did you guys, you know, eke anything out for, you know, special? And I said, do me a favor. Don't tell me what. Just let me know if you did. And he's like, oh, Mark, I think you're going to be happy. So sure enough and i didn't want to know and I, if anybody because a few people knew on the boat and i'm like don't fucking tell me i don't want to know so i wanted to be surprised how, I, ser yeah. serious question how do you go a day on a cruise ship of five thousand kiss fans who just saw kiss perform it's my life and not hear that it no no no, no no michael this is before the first show okay the okay first show. i knew through some of my friends in the band and management that they had rehearsed a couple songs that they'd never, this is what I was, here's all I knew. Both of them were Gene Simmons songs. Both of them were songs they've never performed live before. It's all I knew. And I didn't want to know anymore. So anyway, and here's the funny part. So 
the second song was fucking larger than life. And it was just awesome and fucking and here's a little foreshadowing. Tommy nailed the solo. I was going to ask you, how's Tommy Thayer's guitar solo on Larger Than Life? Yeah, because I, 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 I was having my doubts after I heard that he... You know. Tommy nailed the solo. Um, so anyways, uh, that was great. Now, keep in mind. So I'm now on the couch in our room. Liz just leaves. She just wants to leave my Kiss fandom. She goes out with our friends. I grab a couple... Uh, Cause I'm not a big drinker, but I had, I bought two, um, uh, new castles for the room. So I drink one and I'm like, God, I'm starting to get tired. And we'd been gone all day. I mean, we were at the beach. It was just fucking nuts. So next thing I know, I wake up and rock and roll night is playing on the TV. I'm like, fuck. I slept through the fucking song. <laughs> slept through a kiss concert oh, i did i did i watched i watched like the first half you're not a real fan a real My fan dad, would never I sleep through a kiss on. concert i felt hold on a second because here's the thing i needed a nap before midnight bacon midnight bacon sessions were just fucking off the hook with so much fun and i tell you what midnight bacon was a, a, a virtual un of kiss fans uh, alex had midnight bacon uh with us uh one night um, look at what you've started. Point. Look what you've started. Dude, it's funny because the, the people there, because they don't, they stopped putting bacon out the last few years. I, they fucking remembered us because I went up there and I'm like, you know, we do this every year. Like, oh yeah, we know we're ready for you. So, <laughs> so, so I got, cause midnight bacon is bacon, cookies, and ice cream. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you think. We love it. So it's it's cookies, uh, you know, ice cream and bacon. The so, in a bowl. Anyways, so I had to, you know, I, I like, fortunately, that nap resurrected me because I was out for the count other than that. But I'm like, fuck, fuck, I missed, I missed the second extra song. Now, Mike, now I'm like, holy shit, there's no way I'm not going to find out what the second song was. It's going to get ruined for me. And I'm talking T minus three seconds. I'm out of the fucking door. People are running up to me. Dude, you see they played It's My Life. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Excellent. And, and because, you know, some, some, some folks that came up to me were fans of the show. And they, they, they know how much they love they that know. song. And I was like, no. Nah. It was, oh, I was like so fucking bummed. But the next night I got to see it live. But, uh, yeah. I, I slept through it the first time. <laughs> Imagine if they would have dropped it the second night. Oh, I would I would have been in tears. I would have been in fucking tears. But um anyway, so that was that was those were the shows that and, and it was funny because I, I was talking to Eric earlier today and I told him I thought and keep in mind this is nine cruises in for me. I thought that was the best they ever sounded in that theater. And that theater has got really good sound to begin with. I I really, really enjoyed the shows i haven't watched them back yet the inside shows because i know they're on youtube my my buddy i know mike i'm pretty sure mike braun and i think mike wren some one of those guys would have filmed them there you know um but the, the shows were great they sounded great they looked great it was uh cool and um it was just fun you know i, I got a uh, was it was, was it was it just the four band members or did they bring everybody from the extended family on stage with them Oh, you know, there was rumor from some guy who said that's what, how things should be. But uh, no, I so think the they, captain of the ship wasn't on stage with them, even though he was driving the ship. Well, if you're driving the ship, I heard you're supposed to be invited 
on because you're part of it, right? Right. Well, yeah. It's like a Captain Subing thing. You have dinner with him. It's like yeah. he, he can be on on the show and and play maybe playing tambourine for rock and roll. Well, all night. I, I heard the captain and the first mate wanted to play spoons. But, you know, Doc negated that. And it was funny because the captain first mate came down and said, look, we're driving the, the ship, the KISS cruise. We're part of the organization. So we should be on stage. Well, well I, you know, I wonder if they would have done that. I wonder if they would have done that. Would have KISS paid the going studio rate to play Spoons? Or would have they have just forced the guy to do it for free? I bet they would have doubled it. Because that would, that would have been the right thing to do. Yeah. So it's all about respect. All right, back to the cruise. Back to the kiss cruise. So um, let me do the the fifty cent version. You know, we got on the boat. Um, This this was odd. The first year they normally do the sail away as we're pulling away, but they did a Q and A for the sail away. Say that ten times real fast. They did a Q and A for the sail away, and I gotta admit, I thought that was eh, that was kind of lame, actually. Again, they they don't really break any ground on those things. You know, I was going to say, did you learn anything uh, in, a Q, no. in the Q and A's? No, unfortunately. Don't remember. I mean, it's nice they're up there and everybody's in a good mood, but meh, you know, whatever. Um, and that was weird too because um, Bruce's band didn't play till the following night, so you know, there wasn't really a ton going on musically. And I, I, to be honest, I wasn't a big fan of of a lot of the other, you know, acts on on the boat. But I, I will get to get get to some. So after the Q and A uh, was the drum off, and Eric asked me a few months ago to be a judge on the drum off, like I was last year. Now last year, if you remember, two thousand eighteen, yeah, but they had wait drum off. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Your band played though on the cruise, didn't they? Oh, I know yeah. where this I'm ignoring it. So they, they had, uh, they, Warren. <laughs> so anyways, so last year there was like 10 stools on, 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 on the outside ship. Anyway, there was, so there was like eight or 10 of us that did the judging this year. This was funny. Eric said something pretty funny. So there was like only four chairs and there was like eight or 10 of us that, you know, were going to be judges. And he's like, he came up to me. He's like, look, Love you, buddy, and everything, but uh, they'd rather see uh, Steven Adler than you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I knew as soon as I got there, like, I wasn't going to be judging. There's just no room. They literally was like, I think, only four Steven Adler people. have a, a KISS podcast, please? Well, hold on a second. Steven Adler, now, I'd never met him before. Obviously, I'd seen Guns N' Roses when they started, and I saw his band I think they were on, well, within the last five years, they were on the Kiss Cruise, Adler's Appetite, mm-hmm. and I really liked him. I'm going to tell you right now, I met Steven Adler, talked to him for maybe 10 minutes back there where all us drummer geeks were hanging back there before we knew what they were doing with the judging thing. He's about the nicest, most down-to-earth California guy you that. could ever meet. What a nice person. Steven Adler, if you're watching this or hearing anything about it, man, you're a good guy, man. He he just talked to me like I was just like his next door neighbor or something. I mean, there's zero rock star presence. He was just, and I mean that in a good way. He was like super cool and hey, you're a Kiss fan. Just started talking Kiss with him, and I didn't want to get geeky with the you know the Guns and Roses. He probably yeah, he just wanted to talk about drums and you know have you having fun and what a really really 
really good guy. So Steven Adler, thumbs up, man, and uh, continued success. Your band is really good. Um, the guy who was also a former guest of ours, David Frangioni, um, who did the drum book, yeah. he yeah. did the the emceeing and, and ran the drum oh, off. I didn't and, know he was on the cruise. I didn't know he was going to be on either, but, uh, you know, he was always super nice to me. Um, matter of fact, I, I ran into him in E later in the boat, and he's like, let's hang out, but it's just... As you guys who go on the cruise know, and Tommy, you found out last year, you can't keep in, tr in touch with anybody because you have zero cell service. And I, I didn't see Mark barely at all, and everyone's like, well, where's Chikini? I'm like, fuck if I know. I know yeah. we'll be in the you know, area at midnight for bacon, but that's about all I know. Yeah. So it's impossible, impossible to keep tabs on anybody there. It, it really is. So anyways, so I, I David was awesome, and uh, you know they did the drum off, but I sat in the, I guess the backstage area or off to the side. And Tommy Thayer was there. I talked to Tommy. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Michael, uh, we were talking about the post that you made. That was when that jackass was being a jerk to you about, uh, you know, what was going on in California. Oh, and yeah. Yep. Well, uh, Tommy saw it and we were talking about just the, we were laughing at the trolls. So it was kind of oh. cool talking to Tommy about that. <laughs> I, I you know. and, and and listen, if there's anybody in the Kiss world who knows and understands and laughs at trolls more than anyone else, it's Tommy Thayer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I'm going to get to that too. So, Tommy, I tell you what, Tommy is always so gracious to me, always so nice. And we talked about the the, the project that I'm, I'm helping the band with, um, and we talked about that for a while, and just talked about you know just life just catching up so it's good to see him for a bit um anyway so then to do the drum off that was really cool and then after that i'm trying to remember what we did because that was the first night our second night was uh we went to um the private island which is phenomenal love it that was cool and then kissed it a sail away after that and they did it in the round yeah great. i saw that that kind of yeah, cool. you know what if tell you what if you were there i thought it was underwhelming because i was underwhelmed by it i thought it looked good on the video because i did watch some video of that and i'm very fortunate that i missed the dumbass headbutter guy if, if you guys don't but, know yeah, I saw look, that video. is that yeah. the, is that the guy who went when gene threw the bass into the audience yeah. oh yeah. Um, because we, yeah, wait a minute, we took wait a minute. off a video or base at the guy. No, he threw. No, no, no. He threw the last couple years. Tell, wait a minute. So tell the whole story because I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, no, yeah. Right. The, the guy act like an asshole. Go ahead. Sorry. At the end of the show, and this has been going on the last few years, Gene or Paul would throw a guitar into the audience, and over the last few years, people were at least respectful enough if you were the first one to grab it to let. Okay, you get it. You know. Yeah, that's reasonable. I don't know what it, see. I've heard conflicting things, so I don't want to go. The guy who headbutted the guy was was the you know the instigator or whatever. I don't know. And to be fair, I didn't see it happen because the merch stand opened the day before, and you can't get in there on the first day. It's it's fucking insane. Picture again. Picture a boat full of kiss geeks and merch that you have you don't have. Being for sale, it's like, a, like, it's like a ship full of marks. Yes, so I, I've I've devised a solution to that. They don't run out the first day. They never, at least I, you know, anything that I want. So Liz and I said, tell you what, the last song of the sail away, we'll go 
we'll go because you have to go on upstairs to the back of the boat and pretty much that's where you're at anyway so fuck man we went into the merch store it was like we were the only two people in there and i could look at everything and so i missed that i didn't actually find out about that i heard rumblings on the boat but i didn't really check it out until i saw the video like a lot of you the folks who weren't on the cruise saw it for the first time so i don't know what happened i did hear conflicting things i did hear that the head butter guy was in the right and then i heard the head butter guy was the bad guy i don't know all i know is this if if you're the head butter guy you shouldn't do that i mean okay, regardless. So wait, all right so then he throws a, a base out in the audience two people grab it no no well, it was more than two it was no more than two people if you watch the it, for anybody watching or listening head over to youtube and search kiss cruise gene simmons base audience you'll find it okay. it 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 honestly tommy it it reminded me of the old school crap that would go on when Paul used to throw the broken guitar into the audience, when one guy would grab it and then all of a sudden there's four people holding on to it and they're elbowing each other and Paul's on stage yelling at the idiot who's getting punched. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We know who that is. Um, This looked like that again. It was just like, it looked like four people trying to hold on to it. To Mark's point, who had it first? No idea. I don't. But the one guy was getting violent in the video, and I was just like, "That's that's not cool. It's just not and cool." That was the point I was getting. It was unacceptable his behavior, right. regardless of situation. Now, so and, 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 I want to say, and, one, I and, say and, one thing though. Okay, go ahead. Well, people are were like, "Why aren't you going on the cruise?" The music was great. Meeting people fantastic all of that stuff was wonderful the ship was fine all that but that behavior now that was granted the extreme that type of behavior is displayed by about 10 percent of the people on the boat and that was the piece that i'm just like okay i just can't deal with this because i saw the same thing last year to a lesser degree in different situations when this adult took a pair of drumsticks away from a kid that Eric had given him to. That's, that's not cool. That's not yeah. Cool. And so just to answer questions, it's not that I won't go on another one, but that is the piece that makes me go, ugh. You know, this was the first year, Tommy, if you've been on many of the cruises, Eric at the end of the second show, except for this year, would take stuff off his drum kit and give it to kids. Yeah. So, you know, this is the first year, so I think maybe that soured him. And I'm not, I don't know, we didn't talk about that, but I'm, I'm guessing either A, he didn't feel like doing it, or B, that soured him because, you know, that, you know. Well, um, I, I was I was just going to add, I wouldn't be surprised if next year Gene and Paul don't throw anything yeah. into the audience anymore because this one thing happened, and it was was it wasn't a minor thing i mean it was it was a fight going on if you watch that video well it's funny one thing that uh this is kind of funny because i eric did throw a stick out to me and i got it um and it was a perfect throw he's like he was just funny he goes i got my last one he goes oh fuck there's mark <laughs> he tossed it to me and i caught it i'm thinking to myself if i would have dropped that i would have heard about it for the next five years so I didn't drop it. I got it. And it was funny because Paul threw a pick two to me and I, I snagged that. So that was uh, I got a pick and a stick out of that show. So that was pretty cool. As a Kiss fan, that was pretty fun. Um, 
But anyways, um, like I said, a couple days at sea. We went to Jamaica, and it was funny. We did one of these excursions. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because we're talking about the cruise. I'm telling you right now, that part of the island we went to, I had never seen crushing poverty like I've seen. And I'm talking, I've seen it on TV, but I'd never seen it myself. Literally, people living in shacks. And I'm talking 10 roof walled shacks. It it turned my stomach and I felt horrible just as a human being. I'm like, wow, you know, I'd never seen that kind of poverty. And and again, I've I've worked in some of the worst parts of the city of Detroit where poverty is bad. But the worst part of the city of Detroit would look like fucking, you know, Manhattan compared to what these people were living in. So anyways, we go to this resort and as we pull off the road. Uh-oh. I looked to Liz and I said, welcome to Jonestown. This fucking bus that we're all in, it's all people from the Kiss Cruise. We go in and it's like we almost get stuck. If, if you've ever seen any documentaries on Jonestown, you, you know, Juana or whatever, that, that's what it was like. We pulled, it was almost like, you know how Batman pulls out of the Batcave and there, it's just this tree-lined thing with like a dirt... We pull into this thing and we almost get stuck a couple times. And I'm looking at my buddies and stuff, you know, because we're there with the, the couples that we know. And I'm like, um, are we going to have to get out and push? <laughs> so, so we get to this thing and it's litter. And we had to pay $75 each, so $150 for Liz and I. And the whole thing said, you know, drinks and food and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, sandy beaches. And, you know, they show you this picture. Of course, they take it a certain way. <laughs> We get there, and it's literally, literally pallets with cushions on it. And they hand us this fucking Kool-Aid as we're getting off the bus. And it's like fucking 90 degrees. I look at Liz, and I'm like, I ain't fucking eating anything or drinking for the next four hours. (laughs) I doubt they have a USDA uh, or anything. Doubt that water's been filtered. Correct. And I'm like, you know what? But then I, I got my big walrus ass out into the fucking water. And it was the the water and the and the beach were beautiful. So I just sat there and sunned uh, sunned my buns for a couple hours. Had it ended up having just a fucking great time. We, you do we look golden brown, Mark. What's that? You do look golden brown. I am. I am. You know, it's funny. I had an ex girlfriend. Golden God. Me, they yeah. hold on. They she used to call me the Round Adonis, and and this is really Round Adonis look. I mean, look at the golden tan. I have. It's actually pretty nice. So, uh, or as my one friend used to call me, Huge Hefner. That was another, uh, <laughs> that's a true story. He's like, no, no, you're Ron Jeremy. You're Ron Jeremy, dude. Yeah, you're Ron Jeremy to us. There you go. So anyways. So, like if Ron Jeremy and, and uh, Charlie Chan had a kid. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyways, so that was, we ended up having a ball there. Um, but I wouldn't eat or drink anything. Only thing I did, we did get a bottled water out of it. Um, my one friend who, one of the couples, he's, he's an attorney and this guy, you know, this guy could have fucking, you know, uh, talk fucking Eskimos into, you know, selling ice cubes, some selling ice cubes to Eskimos, as they say. But he goes up there and he's like, you know, this says this, this, and this, this food is terrible, this blah, blah. So we ended up getting us free water. So I did have a bottle of water or two when I was there, but that was about it. I don't know. So anyways, it was one of those things when you're there, you're like, you just thank the Lord that you don't live there. And, you know, 
it was really eye-opening. But I can't say we, we, we had a great time. We had a really good time at the little resort thing. But here's the funny part, Michael, and, and, and all you The food where they cooked it was in a fucking, like, the back of a 18-wheeler. Just that was it. So, so, so Mark, let me ask, because this <laughs> has never gotten old and will never die. Was that food worse than pasta from 7-Eleven? I would have I would have eaten the jerk chicken here before I would have eaten pasta from Seven Eleven. Just being honest. Wow! Excellent. It yes. never Look, gets I'm, old. I'm a proud never no gets old. <laughs> so, anyways, we end up having a really nice time. Go back, and that's the night that I fell asleep. <laughs> Slept through a, Mark Cicchini sleeps through a Kiss concert. <laughs> uh, it was a televised Kiss concert. Doesn't it matter. Was, it was a live Kiss concert. So yeah, it doesn't night. matter. So it's the next week, uh, you know, uh, saw the second show, and then you know we got back, had a great time. So I was in a nutshell. Oh, you know what was cool? Before the second show is when they did that announcement. Paul seemed pretty choked up, you know, when. Uh, Tom, when Tom, Tommy and I discussed that and the the specifics of the last show and the new dates and everything else. We did that on last week's show to to make sure that info was out there, but. Yeah, I thought I thought Paul sounded a little, you know, a little emotional when he was talking about that. So, again, that was cool. And and, and there's just so many. Oh, one. Oh, I forgot. There's one thing. Um, I was a rebel for a second. First night, first time there, we did the Kiss trivia. It was me, the Papalardos, Mike Wren, um, Russell. We ended up coming in second, but with a caveat. Here's the question, and you guys, and I'm going to give you guys all, what year did Bob Ezrin become involved with KISS? What year did Bob Ezrin become involved with KISS? I would say 1975. I was 74, 75. The correct answer is 1975. They told us we were wrong. They said it was 76. I said, uh-uh. Timeline is everything. Timeline is everything. <laughs> so, fortunately, Fran happened to be there. And they're giving us all this crap. And I'm like, Fran goes, I'll just text Paul. So, now the, the board, or the guy goes, oh, no, you're wrong. It's 76, Maya. Whoever, the guy who wrote the questions, he looked everything up on Wikipedia. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's he looked that, everything yeah, up that, on Wikipedia. That's when, that's when said, Destroyer came out. Geek. Great. I said, he's not a fucking kiss geek. I yeah, said it was 1975. Right so, sure enough, he texts Paul. Paul comes back, 1975. Thank you. And 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 for and for our listeners and our viewers, what it the timeline is before Bob was brought in to work on Destroyer and record Destroyer and do all of that, he met Kiss in Toronto when they were up there touring. That was the first time they met. They started recording in the winter of '75. Right. That's that's when they started. And again. This is according to Paul Stanley as well. So Paul Stanley, you know, text uh, um, Fran, and Fran was nice enough to show it to the judges. So anyways. Um, well, what did you win that you should have won? Well, they gave the first place team um, 
which I won by a point. The, the only question I think we got wrong, and I didn't know, what Bond movie did Gene try out for? Um, Moonraker? I don't know. I, 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 still I do, rem- I do vaguely remember back in the 80s hearing that he had auditioned for it or a part was offered to him, but he turned it down because he didn't want to be typecast as the villain in every movie. Well, you know, I will tell you, and I think, I don't know if I made mention of this on the show before, because they asked me to be, to do the, to do the, you know, to do this, you know, trivia thing before. And, and I said, no, because the one time I did it, we were kicking fucking ass. And then they started playing songs backward. And it was like the first teams to get the, I, look, man, I, that's, that's not kiss trivia. You know what I mean? Right. Who, I'm, I'm who like, listens I, to Kiss Backwards? <laughs> mothers Against whatever that show. Peter's <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyways, that kind of, I'm like, I don't want to be part of it if that's part of the equation. And it wasn't. It was all... But that, that to me, almost... I'm going to sound like Marissa Torme here. That's a bullshit question. Because I want stuff that has to do with music and the band. Knowing you know I mean? the band. Knowing the band. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I don't like questions like, oh, what fucking, you know, what trivia or okay, whatever. Who's, who's, James who's Bond. toilet's running? Not running. What is going on upstairs, Lisa? <laughs> That's the pipe from up. I'm right underneath the. <laughs> right under the toilet. So, so, so we're listening to your kids take a leak and flush the toilet? Nice. Sorry. Anyway, oh, so as long as it doesn't burst, wonderful. we had a great time. Um, I got to see Tommy and Eric for a bit. Um, All right, so you, you, nice. you didn't give us a rundown, but we definitely need your your take on Bruce's set because I've seen the videos of it. And it was a phenomenal Bruce, set. He did, he did two nights, two sets, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, I unfortunately didn't see the second night because I was doing something. Um, Sleeping. But the first set was nothing short of jaw-dropping. It was that freaking awesome. And and this was I, I, big props to Bruce for this. He opened up with Creatures of the Night. And then, uh, like... How did he nail like, that Steve Ferris solo? Yeah, I heard... You know, there's, there's, <laughs> There's talk now, I hear, unofficially, that Steve Ferris is going to join them. And, uh, you know, maybe Jean, was it John Beliveau? What, how do you pronounce John, it? John Beauvoir. Or do Beauvoir, excuse me, John Beliveau was the hockey player. But Beauvoir, yeah, I, I think they're going to get, uh, matter of fact, I heard Erlen Schwartzberg is coming back to play I um, when they, because let's face it, I mean, if you did a session for but, Kiss. But, but no, no, I mean, back, 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 back to Bruce's set. I mean, the you know, the word on the street in the last few days is Steve Ferris is the best guitarist that Kiss has ever had. <laughs> so I'm curious, how did Bruce do covering such a great guitarist who was in Kiss? Well, it's Wait amazing because he I, wasn't I, I in Kiss. He just... that, that, hold on. I heard that Bruce is just a replacement guitar player. So, um, I mean, he's nothing as great as the great, what's this guy's name again? Ferris? Steve Ferris. Um, yeah. So yeah, the replacement Steve Ferris I mean, I was just what? a studio musician who was probably paid double rate to come in and record. And I mean, hey, that's the way your life is. Yeah, well, didn't Bruce play on Kiss Alive too? Was that didn't he get sessioned? Oh, oh, that was the other guy, right? Steve Ferris. <laughs> Kiss Alive too sounds like Steve Ferris. <laughs> By the way, this is foreshadowing, everyone. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, ser- but seriously, back back to the set. I mean, it was. No, he, no, he, he, I, I I swear to God, hand on heart, um, Bruce never fucking disappoints. And and the great, I love that because then band um, was phenomenal. He said, you know, we're doing something off Kiss Alive three, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be you know Heaven's on Fire or something that. Then I go into watching you, which obviously tells me that one of the guys in the band wanted to play that. Because, but it is on Kiss Alive 3. So, I mean, it was, you know, it was right there. And they, it was just fucking awesome. The guy, I think his name's Zach. Because the bass player, the bass player yeah, was the only guy. Zach Throne, right? Yes. Zach. And I even, I even, um, I like to hold court is near the six. Thorn or Throne? Huh? Is it Thorn or Throne? Thorough, right? Zach Throne, right? I don't know. I just know his name, Zach. I was getting to something. Sorry, um, Mark. <laughs> Jeez. So, anyways, I like to hold court. We, my, my group of friends always hangs out at this one bar, bar on the sixth floor, and he happened to be walking by. So I went and I pulled him over, and I and I could not have been any more sincere. I'm like, dude, you guys fucking net. Not only did your band, meaning the Bruce's band, nail it, but his vocals on Gene's stuff, yeah, spot yep. fucking yep. on. Yeah, I'm telling you. I can, I've rarely seen a band that tight, that medley, those medleys. That I was just going to say that. And, and, and for the again, I encourage everybody head to YouTube and look for these videos. One of the cool things Bruce did, and I've talked about this in past episodes that Kiss should do it, is Bruce put together these cool album focused medleys. And he did a medley from Carnival of Souls, a medley from Hot in the Shade. He did he did a number of medleys over the course of both, <laughs> Doug both shows. Cataldo, Doug Cataldo had the quote of the ship. He's like, do you realize that Bruce got an entire ship full of KISS fans to sing along to the shittiest song KISS has ever released, which was Read My Read Body. My <laughs> When he said that, I was in fucking tears, man. And I'm like, you're right. He, he's at, Bruce managed to play the shittiest song in the Kiss canon, and the entire crowd sang along with it. You know what? Lisa sang Read My Body on Three Sides of the Coin. She could go on the end of the road tour, couldn't she? Technically, yes, because yes. I heard anybody that's ever associated should get back, should be on stage. You know, I'm helping with a project, so technically I'm on Team Kiss, too. Matter of fact, Gene said that to me one time when he said, don't sell bootlegs anymore, because you're on Team Kiss now. I I set up a second drum kit, and you can be right next to your fiancé. I joked on on Facebook this week when I I shared that, you know, anybody in the family, I go, Paul Stanley once told me, Mike, you're in the Kiss family. I go, cool, I can go on tour now. All right, so anyways, so so guys, this is all leading up to the obvious. Um, Kiss Cruise was great. I recommend everybody, because from what I'm hearing, next year is, is, is the last one. Um, that's, Mark, that's the, can I share a room with you? Oh, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't so, call so, me Hugh Hefner for nothing. So, 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 so Mark, Mark, can, can we... I think I've got a great segue into our main topic here. Are you done? Are we ready to segue? Well, I'm just saying that Lisa, we did. We, hold on, we, we did share a room in Indianapolis. That was a lot of fun. Yes, yes, we did. <laughs> oh well, anyways, Mike can barely control himself. So let let's get so, this. So, 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 Mark, on the Kiss Cruise, 
What about Bob? Was he there? Um, you know, hold on a second. I, I, I saw a bald guy, but he didn't have a mustache. I don't know what was... I didn't I heard, know. I heard. I heard Bob did shave his mustache off, and it's like impossible to recognize him now. Oh, it was. It was just like Clark Kent. <laughs> I tell you what, Bob. Bob Kulik is a is a regular Claude Rains. Look it up, kids. Um, he's the Invisible Man. So yeah. So anyways, um, Bob, fortunately or unfortunately, was not on the ship. I'm going with the fortunately. Um, from what I understand, he did do the the. He did show up. He didn't play at the Cruise Fest party. He showed up. Yes, and uh, <laughs> here's how Bob was well-received. He was asked not to play at the <laughs> Cruise Fest, <laughs> and he didn't. Um, and rightfully so from everything that, look, you guys, anybody who's watching this show, knows what the fuck's going on for the most part. Well, I, I would say, let, let's start this with, let me read what he posted, okay? So everybody is clear about what he said. So this is, and you can go find this. This was posted by Bob Kulik on his Facebook profile. It was him. First of all, to all of you idiot fans out there who s insisted it was an imposter and it was fake. You're wrong. You're wrong. It was real. He was there and he kept replying. So here's what he said. So sad and with a heavy heart, I'm compelled to post these photos and share this with all of you, especially you KISS fans. Sidebar, I'm not sure how many Diana Ross fans are paying attention to what Bob Kulik posts. So it's only KISS fans. The photos below are merchandise items currently being sold by Kiss Army Merchandise. Sidebar, it's Kiss Army Warehouse. Um, with permission from my brother, Bruce Kulik, only. Sidebar, Bob has promoted the, the, the stuff being sold on his Twitter and his Instagram. So he was well aware of it. And he actually told people to go there and buy it. I have not given permission for this. Remember, July of last year, he had posted stuff to Twitter and Instagram saying, go buy it. I have not given permission for this and have not accounted to or paid for merchandise sold bearing my name and photos with my likeness. This is copyright infringement and an indication to all of you as to where my backstabbing brother Bruce is in all this. Disgraceful, uncalled for, and a situation that will be answered in time. The culprits are, and I love who he gives top billing to, over Gene and Paul. Keith LaRue, Bruce Kulik, who now has a restraining order against me, which we're going to get into that a little bit later. Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Doc McGee. Please be advised that these people, he put it in quotes, people, are dishonorable and dishonest, not like the honorable artists that I produced, like Ronnie James Dio and Lemmy. These are people who will lie, cheat, and steal just for the almighty dollar. Shame on all of you. I, and I'm kind of stumbling through this because the grammar 
and the run-on sentences are a, a, a bit, bit messy. P.S. These people are so pathetic that I had to give them $750 to start the merchandise operation, and now they refuse to pay or acknowledge me. He posted that, uh, what, a couple days ago probably on Facebook? I'm guessing. Um, yeah. Bomb, it, it, you know, and, 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 and it opened up a bombshell. It was like a, an explosion went off in Kiss World. Well, and in all fairness, too, I think it, it's fair for us to mention or to say to people listening that part of the reason we're talking about this today is because of the viewer interest. We've got all received messages going, <laughs> what is going on? And so we want to at least tell you what we think. Yeah, I mean, well, we, and, and, and to just stop right there, though, we've we've actually been privy to a lot of this for the last few weeks. We purposefully kept our lips sealed until now, because now it's after the event. Now, Bob, because trust me, when we first started hearing about this stuff, Bob hadn't opened up his mouth yet. He hadn't gone public. Correct. Right. So now it's fair game. Yeah, so so it 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 op- it was a it was a bomb going off in 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 the Kiss Online world, and as if there's not enough crazy in the Kiss Army already, boy, this was just like bring on crazy everywhere. The post was crazy, the the fans who only know one side because let's be clear, there's two you know there's three sides to every story. Mm-hmm. You've only like, heard one side, everybody. This is one side. So anybody who's out there going, oh, everybody else is wrong for doing that to you, you don't have a clue what's going on. You don't. It's like he, it's like he went to the Vinnie Vincent School of Marketing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well. You know, but I, 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 I think the first thing I would like to talk about or question is the restraining order that he talked about yeah, they don't and just give that to they people. don't give they don't give oh, out a restraining yeah. order just because somebody owes you 750 dollars i mean restraining orders are serious and and you've got to ask yourself why was a restraining order against bob issued not yeah. just because he doesn't like his brother, not because he's being disrespected by Gene and Paul, not because whatever. Um, there's something more to that. Restraining orders are serious business. Yeah, you have to go before a judge and you have to show just cause as to why you feel threatened, threatened by this person. And that should say a lot before we even talk about the other stuff as to what's going on here. So for those of you that are so quick to jump on the Bob bandwagon, you need to ask yourself a couple of questions about all of this. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you know, what's the other side of the story? Why, why is a restraining order required in this? If it's just a financial dispute, they're not going to issue a restraining order. They're not issuing a restraining order. Nobody's asking for a restraining order when it's a financial dispute. Okay. That's just, that's reality. Um, Mark, you've, you've sort of been bringing up another interesting point all along, which I think we should ask questions about. If, if you've been following what's going on and, 
and let me preface all of this. I might be saying more here, but this is all of us, okay? Because we've been talking about this behind the scenes as we've been getting ready. We've probably done more show prep for this show than we've ever done for another episode. Over the last five years. show prep we've done. Um, You know, if, if you follow Bob... There's a, he, he loves to name drop, you know, not just Lemmy and Dio, but Grammy, 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 Grammy. I won a Grammy, Grammy award winning, Grammy, 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 Grammy. And Mark, you brought up an interesting thing, I don't know, a week or so, two weeks ago before all this happened. Well, yeah, and it's funny. I, I mentioned it, and, and fortunately, and I don't know if they read my remarks or whatever. I'm certainly not taking credit for it, but I the first time I saw it written down, it came you know came through my computer board. But again, this isn't a, a an ego thing. It's just I got to think. I got to thinking. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Motorhead. You guys have have heard this on the show. I talk about a lot of the bands that I love, other than Kiss. And I remember being really happy when Motorhead won a Grammy. I just thought it was cool that a band that I've championed for years got some recognition. And, and, I thought and, it was and, nice. and just so you, everybody has the the exact details. In two thousand four, Motorhead won a Grammy for the song "Whiplash," covering Metallica. <laughs> Which was under the best hard rock metal performance. Best metal performance. That's the key. Motorhead Motorhead won. There's no denying Motorhead won a Grammy. Okay? Yes. Now, there were three, you know, three people received the little trophy. The statuette. Statuette, if you will. And that was Lemmy, Mickey, and Phil. Because it was a performance Grammy. And I want to be crystal clear about something. Because Bob talks a lot about winning a Grammy for Motorhead doing Whiplash. He did not win an award. Not not a Grammy award. Look, if, if Bob hears this or if... It, just to be honest. Bob, you have a lot to be proud of for that. You did produce... A Grammy Award performance. There's lots to pat yourself on the back, something you should be proud of. That's a great accomplishment. But you didn't win a Grammy for that. The three guys in Motorhead did because it was a performance Grammy. And I'm going to go a step further here. I think after years, and this goes back to, and this is just me riffing. This is just how I feel. But if one of the most famous hard rock moments or lowlights, if you want, if you will, in Grammy history for hard rock and metal is when Jethro Tull, a band I also love, was given the hard rock metal Grammy over Metallica. And that was in what, 87, I think? First, it, was the first, yeah, it was the first year that, that metal was had its own category in the Grammys. Correct. So, you know... Look, Jethro told Platinum Seller in the 70s, you know, played countless nights at huge arenas. He was a big, and I think the old stalwarts at the Grammy Awards at the time, that was the only name they recognized in 87 when, <laughs> oh, we'll give it to the Jethro Tull guy. Um, and and I know what the band can understand. 
So, anyways, hey, I love Tull. Matter of fact, I was listening to Tull today. So, anyways, um, move forward, I think at the time in 2004, I think people, the the board there kind of just, because that song wasn't an original song. It was a cover on a tribute album that really didn't sell all that well. I mean, those tribute records aren't big sellers. In other words, what Bob produced was a quick session for a covers record of the band doing a cover. Should he be proud of it? You're absolutely right. If I, if I produced that, I would be very proud of it. However, that doesn't mean you're a Grammy award winner. Do the people who drove them to the studio to record it, did they get, I mean, were they part of it? Does the guy who engineered or do the drum tech or the guys who set up the amps, did they, I mean, everybody there had a part in it. But at the end of the day, it was a performance Grammy that Motor had won that went to the three performers, not Bob Kulik. Again, now, if it was an album, you the producer does get an award if it's an album award. Best well, that's best R&B. Well, hold on, I actually talked to a good friend of mine today who gave me the lowdown on that. If if you produce something. And it's much like a gold record. You will get like a, it's almost like a participation trophy. It's a glorified. No, I, yeah, I was, I, Lisa and I were talking yeah. about this. And and listen, all of this, you are welcome to research it on Grammy.com, the website. The, the, yep. the rules are out there. And the Grammys are very particular about who gets awarded what and what do they have to do. And they, they, you know, are you an engineer? And to Mark's point, the, those people won't. If it's if it's a metal performance, you don't get the actual award. If it was, was it? They've got two categories: classical and non-classical album. Correct. Two. Yeah, two. So that's where they actually can award a Grammy to a producer. And I think. I, I, got, I might be wrong, but I think an engineer in that category as well. But a metal performance. Performance. Performance, which which Motorhead won performance. It's right there in black and white on Grammy.com. The engineers, the producers, all those people do not get a statue. What they can do, and you can go search this, it is called a participation certificate. Right. Search for Grammy participation certificate. And you, Anybody, and, you it, and you have to order it. You have to order it. You you fill out a form and you order. And I, I think there's a fee. I don't know how much it is. They send you a nice, like, diploma type of thing with the Grammy seal on it. There's yeah. a picture of the Grammy. There's a picture of the Grammy. It's a seal. I mean, yeah. listen, it's official. But that's what they offer to anybody who was involved with something that won a Grammy. So Motorhead's metal performance of Whiplash, Bob, studio musicians, engineers, the guy who plugged in the mic, anybody who was involved could request a participation certificate. That doesn't mean you won. You did it not win a Grammy. You, you officially did not win a Grammy. You are not officially a Grammy award-winning X. Correct. And there's no shame in that. You're an ex of an of a Grammy award winning performance. I mean, I I I, I would put no the, I would I I would put the question out there 
to Bob, if you've got a Grammy, post a picture of you with your Grammy. Hold of it the Grammy. But to, you know, to what Mark brought up, it's a participation award that you got. That's not, a, you're not a Grammy winning producer. You participated in a metal performance that won it. There's a big difference. And I, I, I don't know, but I would suspect Grammys are very particular about what people use the Grammy trademark for and, you know, in in resume type material where it's like, here's what I won, here's what I did. You know, you've got you've to actually have done it. But as Mark said, that that participation certificate is nothing to sneeze at. That is something to be proud of. But it's not winning a Grammy. Bob would have been been more he would have been correct if he said I produced a Grammy award winning band. Yeah, producer of producer <laughs> of a Grammy yeah. award winning al- song. That's that's, that's what it was. That's fair. That's that's an achievement. You said it, Mark. That is something to be proud of. I mean, not everybody can make that claim. But to say you're a Grammy winner, uh-uh. Over. And hold on. Ad nauseum. Over and over. And to any fucking person that would listen to him, he said those words, I'm a Grammy Award winner, on podcasts and interviews and in front of If I took a drink... Dude, Time he said it, I would have been dead with alcohol poisoning. Listen, I'm going to read. I'm going to read to you right from his website, the very first paragraph on his website. Bob Kulik is a Grammy Award-winning producer. Nope. 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 Not. Sit. Done. Produced. Bob. Thing. Bob Kulik produced a Grammy Award-winning song. Yes. I wonder how the Grammy, the Record Recording Academy feels if someone falsifies their I, Grammy I, status. I don't. I don't know for sure about that. But what I can tell you is, one of my other clients, Jason Becker, has five or six songs that are up for consideration and nomination for this year's Grammys, and when the voting was happening. Because the way the Grammys work, there's a lot of artists that get thrown out there as vote for me for Grammys. And then all the Grammy members vote, and then they take those that are the winners of the votes, and you become one of the five people who are nominated for a Grammy in that category. There, there's, there's something they call for your consideration. Artists love to do this. They put the. They want to put the word out to everybody, saying, "Hey, I, for your consideration, I'm a. I'm up for vote being voted on in the Grammys." But they are. They have. I've seen it. Rules about what you can say about that. You're not a Grammy winner. You haven't been nominated for a Grammy. You. You. You can't. You know. Even the way you contact people, they're very particular about how you do it. In the sense that if you do it wrong, they could kick you out of the Grammys. I'd be worried if I were Bob. Falsifying a Grammy win. Just saying. Look, I honestly, I, I think in the grand scheme of things, he's a 
very, very, very small fish in a humongous yeah. ocean. I, I don't. That's, think that's the least. Of he's them. not the first person to oh, no. be somebody. L- to... L- L- Listen, I I got an email from somebody at the Grammys who was like, um. Because if you go to Grammy.com, you can search for everybody who's ever been nominated and everybody who's won. And I did a search for Bob Kulik, and he wasn't found on the Grammy.com website. Hold on. He won as many as I did. We're tied at zero. (laughs) Me too. Seriously, we're tied at zero. Kind of like the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings for Super Bowl wins. Tied at zero. (laughs) Yeah. So b- back to this email, they, they told me sometimes people who contributed to a Grammy-nominated or winning recording declare themselves Grammy winners as well. It can be sticky. So they're used to that, and I'm sure they know how to deal with it as well. Because it is a great claim, and it's a great honor. No question. If you won a Grammy, you know— be very proud and that should be on your mantle and you should be promoting the fact that you're you won a grammy but you can't just go around saying that because well, that's a big deal to say you well, won a grammy yeah let me play devil's advocate for all for those of the listeners that are going well what's the big deal why are we getting into this particular piece what's the answer to that well i think the big deal is because so after bob posted this message on Facebook. He did an interview on another show called The Metal Voice. I encourage you to go listen to it. It was a great interview, well thought out, well prepared questions, good follow-up, very clear direction that the the host wanted to take the, the interview. The following day, Bob did an interview on The Metal Voice. And it's a great listen because... As you listen to it, it becomes very clear he is obsessed with, I'm a Grammy winner. Kiss is not a Grammy winner. Bruce is not a Grammy winner. All these people around me that I've worked with are not Grammy winners. You know, I mean, he he even went as far as saying in this interview, because the interviewer asked him straight up, what do you want out of Gene and Paul? Because this isn't only about Bruce. This is also about Gene and Paul. Right. And, and he said, and Bob said, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can go listen to it. I want to write a song, the last song called The End of the Road. I want to co-write it with Kiss, and I want to produce it. Because I've won a Grammy. Maybe they'll win a Grammy if I produce it. <laughs> Oh, was that funny? And, 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 I literally, yeah. I, la- laugh I literally laughed out loud and almost choked when I heard that. I'm like, are you really? He's he. You know, it was sort oh. of like again paraphrasing. I'm I know better than anybody else what the Kiss sound is, what the fans want to hear. I'm all about the fans, and I'm just thinking, what are you just ignoring? I don't know this guy Eddie Kramer. Uh, he has no clue what Kiss sound is. Bob Ezrin, Michael James Jackson. I mean, you know, no disrespect to what, again, Bob's ability to produce, but he, as a fan, he was not at the, he, ever 
ever in my mind as that was who I, as a fan, would like to see produce the final Kiss recording. Well, now, if you ask fans, they're going to say the obvious, which is Ezrin or Kramer, someone along those lines, not Bob. Well, well to, to go a step further, in that interview, Bob mentions a recent conversation he had with Paul Stanley basically mocking Paul Stanley as just, you know, yeah, you produced some Kiss records, but you weren't a Grammy producer. And I, I, I hope fucking Paul said to him, I don't obviously have zero privy to any of that, but I wish he, I, I would hope that, that Paul would have went, well, neither are you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But, but just the fact, um, when you listen to this interview, and I really encourage you, encourage you to, he talks about a recent conversation that he had with Paul, and he was basically mocking him. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, nice ego here, buddy, because without Paul Stanley, where would we wouldn't even be talking about you. You, you wouldn't be on the radar of KISS fans <laughs> at all. And, 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 you know, and I'm not taking away the work you did with Diana Ross and Meatloaf or Paul Stanley. Wasp or anything right. else, but but – you know, you worked with Paul Stanley in 1978. You were the guitarist there. That was an inc- that would be an incredible opportunity for any guitarist because that was super Kiss. That was, you know, Kiss at their peak in the 70s. I, you know, if it wasn't for that, you know, if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for a live four, the Paul Stanley solo album, Killers, um. You know, to Mark's point, we we wouldn't even be on our radar. Well, go you know go back a little bit too about him being upset with Bruce. Look, man, what songs did you want to play to go out and do shows with? Who's who wrote those songs? Paul Stanley. Those songs when he did the very first Kiss Cruise with his brother. What songs did they play? Paul Stanley's songs. I don't understand where his common sense has went. And um, I know I'm fast forwarding a little bit here, but I'm actually, after I listened to that interview, I got there's a compassionate side of me that went, this guy has some mental problems. Yeah, yeah you know, it, 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 if... If you listen to the interview, and I re- again, I encourage you do. It's a really great interview. I can't remember if it's like 50 minutes or something like that. It's not super long, but it's really good. It's solid questions. But it seems like my feeling when I was done listening to it, I was just like, he. This isn't about a specific issue. This is. I I don't know. Is the ego the right word? This is an ego problem in that. He wants more, more credit for what he's done, and wants to be in the spotlight for what he's done than yeah, he's, he's getting. But but in the spotlight in the right way. Yeah, I mean, he no. he was a studio musician, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory way because studio there's you know hey Steve Ferris who Bob Kulik said in this interview is the greatest Kiss guitar lead guitarist. Steve Ferris was a studio musician on Creatures of the Night. Studio musicians. Fucking stupid. Studio musicians 
get paid a flat rate to come in and do a recording like they're told to do a recording. They don't get a percentage of sales. You don't get to come back 25 years later and go, oh boy, that album went on to sell 10 million copies. You owe me a lot more money. That's not how it works. Well, Michael, let me let me stop you right there because let's let's throw a couple of names out along with 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 Bob Kulik, Dick Wagner, Anton Fig. Hold on, um, Rick Derringer. The reason I, I chose those two guitar players is because those are guys who had careers, good careers, who not only played with Kiss but also played with other. If you guys don't know the the Aerosmith song "Train Kept a Rollin," that's not Joe Perry, that's Dick Wagner. That whole guitar solo that's really a lot of people go, "Wow, that's some of Joe's best playing." Well, it isn't Joe. Um, much like um, Ezrin brought in Dick Wagner to, to play on not only Destroyer but also for Billion Dollar Babies from Alice Cooper, one of his biggest records of all time. But you know what you don't hear? You don't, I mean, he's passed away since, but you didn't hear Dick Wagner crying about it the way this guy is. It'd be like if someone came back to you 10 years from now and said, yeah, I'd like you to um, pay me again for pouring that sidewalk. Yeah, you, you You know what this reminded me of, guys? It reminded me of the beef that the original Kiss Road crew had in their book. That, that's, that was the basic beef in that book was, hey, we were crucial to what you did in the 70s. Yeah, we were hired to just, we were hired and something was agreed upon that you're going to pay us. But now, 30 years later, you've become superstars. You should pay us more money for what we did back in the 70s. I mean, this feels exactly like that, which that's not how things work. That's... You know, if if you want it to work that way, then your de- your initial deal has to be, I want a percentage of something forever. I'm not working for a flat fee. If you agree to work for a flat fee, you're getting a flat fee, and you can't expect to get anything additional above and beyond that. Now, he does go in this interview and makes a, a statement of, well, let me give you an example. Elton John, Elton John's sound guy for 25 years. Elton bought him a car, bought him a that's house. That's the sound guy for and 25 years. It, it, that, that's the whole point. It's the sound guy of Elton John for 25 years, critical to everything about Elton through his career. To say you're in the same league... No, you're not. You're not. You were a studio musician who was brought in to sound like Ace Frehley on a Live 4. Let's be honest. And and in this interview, he talks about how he was told he couldn't tell anybody this. Does that shock anybody? I mean, in the 70s, they don't want any... And it wasn't just Kiss. I mean, you back in the 70s, think about it, guys. How many ghost musicians were we aware of on anybody's album? in the 70s barely any barely any the the greatest example of that uh, again um is the original alice cooper group because most a good chunk of billion dollar babies is dick wagner and steve hunter and that's just the way it is 
Um, and look, but they got it. paid for their services. So. No, 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 I did. But I, I, I understand that, <clears throat> and, and that's that's the whole thing I'm saying. Just like Alan Schwartzberg played on The Elder, you know what I mean? He's playing I. That's not that's not Eric Carr playing I on the record. It's Alan Schwartzberg. They don't. And I think like on Revenge, isn't Kevin Valentine on Take It Off? Eric Eric Singer's not. You know, I think Listen, I mean, Kevin Valentine, as studio musicians go, is probably, you know, more hot in the shade, you know, hot, hot in the shade all of Psycho Circus. I mean, if if Bob thinks, and this is what we were joking about, Bob thinks on the last end of the road tour shows, Kiss should have everybody in the family come up because the fans would want to see Steve Ferris play and want to see Bob Kulik play. They don't even know who those people are. <laughs> they, That's the that, funny that, Exactly. You know you know who fans want to see come up and play? Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulik. And if you're really going to want to do something special, do a hologram or some tribute to Mark St. John and, and Eric. And Eric Carr. That's yep. it. We don't care. We don't care about having Steve Ferris. And this is no disrespect to Steve Ferris, so don't take it that way. But we don't care about having Steve Ferris come up on stage and play his solo during Creatures of the Night. You know, if, if that's what you want, well then, Jesus Christ, Kevin Valentine needs to be like playing drums for half the show because oh. all the work he did. Michael, Michael, if you were to go, and I'm, I'm not being facetious in this. Um, I tell you, I'll just throw out a date. When I was at the Tampa show, I bet you if I would have asked every person that bought a ticket there, who even Mark St. John is, most wouldn't know. Most wouldn't know his name who bought a ticket to go see Kiss. Yep. Don't get me wrong. The hardcore fans would. But we have to, we, meaning, especially if you're watching this show, we, because we're a big family. Look, man, we're we're in over our heads. We're nuts. We're kiss geeks. That's why you're here. You're not just like that a hole today who got a hold of you, Mike, and said, uh, "Why are you talking about kiss?" Why do you kiss talk podcast? about kiss so much? It's like are you that sense? But that's my point. Most people who bought a ticket wouldn't know who Mark St. John is. That's just a fact. Nor do they so, care. No, yeah, exactly. Tommy's spot on. Nor do they care. You know what? As Paul Stanley has said over the years, they want to hear loud rock and roll and see some shit get blown up. That's what they're there for. I want to mm-hmm. see. I want to see my band Kiss. That's that's what I want to see. That's from from my very first show, Creatures of the Night tour, up until now. I want to see Kiss. Whoever's in Kiss, whoever's been in Kiss, I don't need. I'm not interested in seeing the people who played the bass you know hey wait a second gene's uh gene's um tech on the dynasty tour played on shandy so i guess he's coming up on stage too right i mean shandy was a big hit in australia i we're that doesn't matter i want to see the people who are in the band i want to see bruce on stage i want to see i i've said it before i would love to have bruce's band open a kiss show and do nothing but the 80s stuff that would be awesome because listen you know you can you can debate why but 
Kiss as a band now is really pretty much they they don't they don't pay attention to the eighties. You'll get the you might get Heavens on Fire, look it up. You might get um, uh, Hide Your Heart occasionally or Crazy Nights, but you know when 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 the last two cruises when Bruce has done those sets, it's like this is this is the deep set list. That is a diehard Kiss fan. I'm like holy crap. But devil's advocate, if you were again, if I'm at the Tampa show or the Buffalo show or the you know the Detroit show, only a small amount of people would care that they played you know whatever burn bitch burn. Did it go over great on the cruise? Yeah, because it's nothing but a bunch of us. You're you're a hundred percent right. And and and, and 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 listen, let's just also look at the fact that you know the Kiss tour has done phenomenal. With a painter opener. No disrespect to the painter, but Kiss, this tour didn't need, you know, a, a co-headliner like so many of the haters thought. You're going to have to have a co-headliner to sell out shows. You're going to need Ace Fraley and Peter Chris and a great co-headliner to sell out shows. No, they've done phenomenal with just themselves performing. I'm only speaking for myself as a super uber diehard fan. Yeah, that's what I would absolutely love. That would be my Kiss history right there. Kiss does all the 70s stuff. Bruce's band does all the 80s stuff. You've covered my whole history for me. But we all know the majority of the audience at a Kiss show are not diehards. Yeah. Right. They aren't. And to, you know, to your point, Mark, they won't know what Burn Bitch Burn is. They'll know, look it up, heaven's on fire. Tears are falling, crazy, crazy nights. Do you think anyone forever? Do you do you see anybody singing along with "Read My Body" at a stadium show? No, Lisa. All right, but that—that's my whole point. It the the people are coming for Kiss 2019 when they go see. They know who's in the band. They want to see the spectacle. They want to hear the songs. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to say we, that's exactly what we've been given. And that's why I can't wait to go to many more shows because it really is the greatest show on earth, the greatest band on earth. I'm so into, you know, this next year is going to be fun, man, because I'm going to try and hit as many shows as I can. It's going to be an exciting time. So uh, matter of fact, I will hopefully see some uh, some uh, folks uh, I, I know right now I'm planning on going to the Buffalo show in a couple of months in February, so hopefully see some of you guys out there. So I doubt Bob will be there. What's that? I doubt Bob will be there. Well, he can come. You know what? He can come and try and get on stage. We'll see what happens. But uh, I don't see. Yeah, that. you know, and the, the other thing I think, which is really kind of weird too, is why was Bob removed from the cruise? You know, I mean, that's interesting, too, because the first year, right, okay, the Kulik brothers do it together, and everyone loves it, and he was going on and on about how they were treated like shit and this and that, and no uh, rehearsal, blah, 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 but whatever he said, sound check, and then the next year, poof, like dust. Why? I'd love to know the reason of that one. Well, I think he brought that up in the interview, didn't he? Resides to every story there, Mark. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Lisa. You know this. You know the reason. 
I know the reason. You do. You haven't said much. This is your chance to open up, Lisa. Come on. I'm just keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, so I take the, I get all the heat. Lisa sits there and smiles all pretty and let Branville get oh, all no, the hate. I'm ready, I'm ready to go off about merch. That's what I'm, I'm ready to go off about. Okay, let's, let's talk let's about merch. Let's talk merch. Well, let's talk about, Mark, you were at the expo, right? It was. The, the indie expo. The, with... the, 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 the huge indie expo, which had, what was it, two day long. The first time Keith and Steve did a two-day event, and they had huge numbers of guests, and not just Kiss. They had Lita Ford there. They had Bobby yeah. Rock there. They had all sorts of great guests. I actually questioned our beautiful co-host here why she was putting up with his bullshit um, that day, too. Yes. Remember, he you... was not being very nice. No, because you were there and you saw it. I, exactly. So, so I was working with Bob on that expo, and Lisa, you know, quit looking at your pussycat. I know, I'm sorry, because I'm afraid you're going to get burnt by the heat. You can't stop rubbing it. <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought it was interesting because he kept posting pictures of all this different merchandise hat, this other shirt with a black. There was none of that at that expo. We sold one shirt, one shirt. It was the black shirt with the white logo. So I love to know where this hat is located. Because um, it was not on a, on the table, uh, I would love to know where all these other shirts are with this other logo on it. Because there was one shirt, one shirt that was sold there. And you know so, this because you were there selling. I was there. I was there. I sold the shirts. I was there. So that bothers me because, I mean, again, he's saying falsification about Kiss Army Warehouse selling all this merchandise, and none of that merchandise was ever, ever. Produced. Did did did, so, they, did they have it online? No, no. How are you, how are you going to put something online if it was never made? You know, oh look, there's Brian. <laughs> um, you know, and and speaking of that expo too. Um, so that was my my second time working with Bob. First, first time was time, in Atlanta. First time was in Atlanta. Um, Bob was very nice. Um, I think it might have been one of his first expos, if, if I if I recall correctly. Again, this was the first time I worked with him. Uh, Vinny was there. You know, we all were there. We were yeah. all there. All very nice. We we were uh, there disrupting everything. Yes, you were. <laughs> everything. And and then you know when he asked if I would help him for the Andy Expo, um, I agreed because I thought oh, it'll it'll be fun. Um, but it but honestly, it was not very fun. Um, it was. It was actually uncomfortable, and I, I couldn't wait for it to end. Um, it was Mark saw the dismay in my in my voice. <laughs> okay, can, can you yeah. can you elaborate on? I saw that too. What, I saw the what, 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 what Mark saw. What was happening? Can you elaborate for the people who weren't there? Yeah, he. I, I look, Lisa. Let's face it. He was very rude to you. He was very rude to me, and I. I Keith LaRue asked me to interview him. I oh, went my God, I forgot all about that. Yeah. And I just said to Bob, because I'm just trying to make him and I had to remind him and it, he was he had like had a little snit going on and I just I said, What do you I forgot exactly what it was because it was off the cuff. I'm like, Well, what do you want to talk about? What should I ask you? And he got offended by it. 
And I remember my comment was, and again, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly. But I said, hey, man, I'm just trying to make you look good. That's all. You know? And that interview's online. You can go look at it. It's the Bob Kulik interview from the night, 2018, or is it 2017? It was 18, 2018 Kiss Expo. And I was very uncomfortable up there because he was being such a jerk. I will tell you about, after the first couple of questions, he, he seemed to settle down a bit. But he was being very rude to me, and I thought to myself, I'm only doing this because my friend Keith LaRue asked me to do it. That's it. My friend whose expo, when he's super busy, asked me to do him a favor. Could you please do this interview with Bob? That was it. And when I went over to, to talk to Bob, that's when I saw how trashy he was treating Lisa, and it pissed me off. And I said something to Lisa. Like, this, you, should, no one does, you don't deserve to get treated like this. And and Lisa, let's go back a little bit to that day, because didn't Bob have a big fucking attitude because Lita Ford was getting way more people um, at her table than he was? And I think he was upset because you guys ended up moving, if I remember yeah, correctly. We moved tables to the other side because the line for Lita was blocking him. Hey, Bob, you know what? Lita's hot. I'm not trying to be a fucking dick, but there was no line for you. That's all. The line was for Lita. No one was. And that was the whole thing, you know, and even to this current topic, he seems to get butthurt about stuff. Dude, you're not that big a star. You're not even a star. People look, you, you have you done some cool things? Yeah, but lots of people have done some cool things. You know, you don't. I don't understand where the ego comes from. Yeah, but just you've done, done cool things. things doesn't mean you have to. Be rude to people. Be rude and degrade people that come to your table you know and and for me at least it felt i i felt like i was apologizing to fans you did i and, remember that verbatim and it and Said that more but, than once yeah and i you know it, um you know we're, it was supposed to be a good experience and it was supposed to be you know uh get to talk to fans and get you know talk to people and that's not how that whole situation went down at all um, so. you, you, you know, it's it's interesting. You bring up, you know, you don't have to be rude and distasteful. One of the things that you can you can find, I, I I've got screen captures, so I don't know if he's deleted them or not. But there's a number of comments he made in that Facebook post where he has said downright disgusting things about Bruce and his wife. I mean, he he, he I'm reading it right here. Me jealous of my pathetic cover band guitarist brother. I'm a Grammy Award winning producer and have nope. written hit songs and produced the top of the food chain artists. Who says stuff like that? He's called you know, and he's called he's called Bruce's wife a fat I mean, it was disgusting. It was at, it was the type of thing where I'm just like you leave family out of it. If you've got a problem because of the business, you leave wives and family out of it. Hold up. Real, real quick, Lisa, I remember this. Remember he got pissed because you had a couple fans want to take pictures with you and you had to get out from behind the table? Oh, I remember you saying <laughs> oh, that. That's a true story. That is a fucking true story. Yeah, what, was, like wasn't that. that happening in Atlanta, too, at the end yeah. of the Atlanta Expo? Weren't you saying, yeah, Bruce wasn't happy because a few times fans wanted to no, meet me and not, not him. Bruce. Bob. 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 Right. Bob. Sorry. Bruce thinks it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks it's 
first thinks it's funny. Bob did not think it was funny. <laughs> so, so you're part of the problem, Lisa. You're getting more attention than he is. You know, but that's you know, it just I never, I never really talked about it because why? You know, when we talked about the Indie Expo, we talked about how much fun it was and how, how awesome it was seeing everybody. You know, but that that was not a fun experience. You know, I mean, that's, that's I'm, I'm, used to, I'm used to working with Bruce, right? That's who I've always worked with. Um, you know, if he, even if he had a fly-in on a red eye, you know, everybody has a bad day, but you're not rude to your fans and you're not rude to other people. But to experience that, it, like, I, I, I was like, I'm done. I got to go. Like, I can't. It was, it was bad enough that I, I said something to Lisa about it. Because it, if, if Lisa would have said, can you do something about this? I would have done something about this. Because Lisa's my friend. But he was being verbally very, very rude to Lisa. And I didn't like it. You yeah. know, it was very, again, there was no reason for it whatsoever. Yeah, there wasn't. And, and, and I want to go back to that when we did recap that show. You're absolutely right, Lisa. We took the high road because, look, we want to, when we talk about going to expos, are we, number one, we're going to tell you the truth, but why would we want to sit and tell you about stupid shit like that? Because at the time, there what was, was that, Lisa? That. It was, stupid because shit. how much fun did we have together, Mark, and hanging out with Liz? I mean, that was just, okay, for me, it was like, yeah, whatever, I dealt with it, we moved on. You know, yeah. but I think it's important now for the fact that all of this is is coming to head. And I think that, you know, everyone's only reading this one side of the story. Are you laughing at me because I'm going, I'm doing this circle? You said head, so Tommy's got to. Beavis and Butthead over here are like, oh, <laughs> you said head. That all of this is coming to a point um, that it needs to, you know, I'm, I'm telling this firsthand. I mean, I'm telling you this from firsthand experience, what it was like. And, you know? I, and, and I was there, too. I and, saw and, it. And, and listen, and we other would, people saw it, too. We wouldn't, we wouldn't even be talking about any of this if he didn't go ahead and take everything public and start attacking fans, ta att disgusting attacks on Bruce, his wife. Uh, yeah. Attacking Gene and Paul, attacking Keith Larue, you know he took. You know the, the the funny thing that when this started, it was all about, and I think he might have even did this in his interview with Mitch. It was you know, Who? be 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 ready. I'm going to be suing. I'm suing them. I'm suing. And it was them. all over that merchandise. And again, it's, it, was, it was all about seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. I'm going to sue. And, and, I'm going to sue. And, and, he tweeted that picture with all that other merchandise on it, and that looked like all there was was one shirt, one shirt. But 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 my point you know? is, if you listen to the Metal Voice interview of from yesterday or the day before, um, mm -hmm. the the interviewer um, specifically asked, "So are you going to sue?" No, no, it's not worth yeah. my time or money to sue them. Wait a second. So now you're not suing. You aren't. What? You're 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 mad about all this. But the resolution you want out of this is Gene and Paul to allow you to co-write a Kiss song and produce the Kiss song and be invited on stage to perform with Kiss. I mean, that, that, that's just, that's ridiculous. That's, that's like the, the three sides of the coin demanding Gene and Paul let three sides of the coin be the opening act on the end of the road tour.
we demand it. Writing the books, we, we, we could demand to be interviewed by them and have access to their archive. Yeah, exactly. You want us <laughs> to be nice about you, you let us interview you for four hours. Well, maybe he should have just kept the seven fifty bucks and gotten himself a rib reduction so he could blow himself. <laughs> you know what? This this really the whole, I, you know I'll tell you what Jesus. because we've been we've been Tommy the said that been not me. about well, the four of us have been been this has been bubbling under the, the the surface here for the last few weeks. Um, you know, really, if you boil all this down, why we're really talking about this is because Kiss doesn't deserve the 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 negative shit that he said and most of all bruce doesn't deserve this if you ask anybody who's a kiss fan who's ever met bruce kulik what are you going to hear over and over and over guy nicest fucking guy did anything you ask of him yes and if you ask gene and paul what was he like on time hard worker always respectful responsible now now i'm going to go play you know go on the other bob you're ruining this for yourself your brother set the bar so fucking high as a professional musician and a professional touring musician, a professional recording musician. And guess what? Yeah, you 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 attain some heights as well. But guess what? You don't see your brother mudslinging back, do you? You see what? Bruce doing what a good, decent person does. He's he's letting you expose yourself. And that's what road. we're here. Well, and if Bruce was nothing more than a cover guitar player then how did he last in in kiss for over a decade and grand yeah. funk yeah and now I mean, he's, that, he's that, been that, with grand that, funk that, that's I mean, that's disrespectful to 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 minimalize his his accomplishments in kiss and grand funk i mean it you know he was on these albums albums that went gold platinum he played he played his guitar solos he wasn't brought in to play ace fraley that's what you were brought in to do on on kiss alive too you weren't brought in to be bob kulik you were brought in to sound like ace fraley i love alive too love it but as a kiss fan when that came out that was ace fraley playing yeah my my head that was ace fraley it's still ace fraley as far as i'm concerned I don't give a shit. I like the song and I don't, it doesn't diminish his work on it, but he's not a member of the band. What? And who's to say that if he would have gotten in the band in the seventies, that they would have gone anywhere. Oh, I don't think that. he would have lasted if he got in the band in the seventies. I mean, if this sort of, e- if this sort of ego came out that's back then, me. of course, I, 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 I would me. say no. And I think that's the reason why, I think he's jealous of Bruce because Bruce does get get yet yeah, well get into these bands, but then he makes it his own. He's not trying to be anybody else. He goes in and does his own thing, and I think that maybe bothers him the fact that here he is. He's goes into this one band for how long? Totally respected. He goes into another band longer and is totally respected. And I think that pisses him off. Well, and that, and you know, and and, and, and the big that sustainability, sustainability. And, and one of the big differences is you know. Bruce has always been a band member in somebody's band. Yeah. Bob, for the most part, has always been a studio musician. Accomplished. Great. But he's also tried to start bands. He tried Skull. And listen, I supported Skull, Blackthorn. Um, I'm sure I'm missing a couple others. Balance. Ba- I love Balance. Absolutely love Balance. 
do you know why I got into those bands? Because I knew Bob had played guitar with Paul Stanley on the solo album. So it's like, okay, I'll check this out. So again, I would never be a supporter and love. I mean, that first Skull album I think is really good. I like it. I absolutely loved Bob when he was touring with Paul Stanley on his first solo tour. That was a phenomenal lineup. You know what? Just to, when you talked about Skull, it when um, when we talked about the merch, and I said that the the Keelick Brothers, the white, the black with the white logo, was on Kiss Army Warehouse. Mm-hmm. His CD was in the same area as that T-shirt. So not only was it the Killer Brothers T-shirt, but his CD was also promoted there as well. That's Skull, and it, made, it just made me think of that now. And, and 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 you know, I think what it is is none of these bands that he was in or formed ever took off, ever became huge successes. Bruce is out there touring with Grand Funk. Year after year after year. He was with KISS for a decade. That's what I mean when I said that, you know. All he... over MTV, recognized by fans. You know, so, yeah, you're right. There Maybe there. that's actually, not that he would ever admit it, but maybe it is jealousy that well, he, couldn't, obvious, he, couldn't, it... he couldn't succeed in a, in a band. His, and, and what I mean in a band, your own band. Like yes, you were you were in Meatloaf, but that was Meatloaf. It was like Meatloaf is like Ozzy to some extent. Nobody really cares about who's playing behind them. You're coming to see Meatloaf. You're coming to see Ozzy. You're not. It's not to diminish the 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 the, the ability and the skills of those musicians, but that's the type of artist you're with. And it's just get a different backing band for this tour and a different person for this tour and you know nobody pays it ELO is Jeff Lynne now doesn't matter who's playing the strings and the orchestra behind him in 2019 ELO has become Jeff Lynne and if you're in Jeff Lynne's band and you expect to have equal billing you're gone well and, and I think the reason I'm agitated with all of this is that people are buying into the bullshit, number one. And secondly, he's calling out people like Keith, who they're he's a nice person. Bruce is a nice guy. You know? Yeah, I don't know Gene and Paul intimately like he seems to for all the years that they've worked together, but they've always been super nice to all of us. So it's like why wouldn't we defend people that we have in our lives that we consider to be kind someone's got to speak for bruce because he's not speaking for himself and to your point earlier he's taking the high road and not saying anything well well well, and 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 and, and and to be clear i mean with a restraining order bruce can't address it either Right. But you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, you know, it would have been easy for Bruce to sling mud back and he hasn't. No, because that's not the kind of person that he is. Which was ultimately my point, because at the end of the day, at one and, and I look at life like this, I'm not trying to get too emotional, but at some point in the in Bob and Bruce's life. One or the other is going to be standing beside the box of the other. Uh-huh. At some point in the future, who's going to feel less remorse? The guy who took the high road or the guy who slinged as much mud and bullshit 
on the guy in the his, box. His, 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 his last communi- statement communication about Correct. his brother because was calling him names and, and again, attacking life him. Again, is too life is too mother effing short man this shouldn't be happening when this started happening a few weeks ago as a matter of fact if you go back what two two or three weeks ago when we had the 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 pop brothers on or the guys who do the jeans and so by the way great guys hung out with them on the boat for a little bit but when mike and that because wasn't it just you and i at first or was i know i think tommy was there too but we're we're talking about boy there's so much going on in the kiss world that was one of the things guys this was like three four weeks ago like this was starting to bubble up and when we were hearing what we were hearing we couldn't believe it because once again we bruce is a friend of the show and we've all talked to bruce and again the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet and to have anybody talk to to somebody about him like that, and especially like Michael said, you know, bringing in his wife and family into this, that's just horrible. That's just horrible. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Bob Kulik is going to hear this and see this. And Bob, ask yourself that, man. We're not here just to rip on you because it's fun to do. Although Mike probably thinks so. <laughs> but we're, not, we're, just, we're just trying to stand up for our friend. We're trying to stand up for, more important, what's right. You didn't, you didn't win a fucking Grammy. Quit saying you did. Quit trying to diminish your brother. You're being a bully. Stop it. That's it. Stop it. I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, if there is a true issue here of somebody doing somebody else wrong, then you know how you deal with that? You get a lawyer and you deal with it legally and it gets resolved. And, you don't you, you don't you don't have it all over and get social media involved. Yeah, you don't start slinging mud like this because right now it it doesn't make you look good. You know, Gene, what did he say? He wanted uh, he also what the one viewer said, you know, what do you want all of this? And he said he wanted respect. This is not the way to get the respect. No, that that's this this, no. this this is this is how you get blacklisted forever. Yeah, not, you got by everybody. You know, I mean, it this exactly this is the type of thing everybody. by people are be like, "Geez, I don't want to be around this." I just don't. Did you notice the one thing he wrote too, which I thought was kind of I wonder if he picked his words this way. When he was talking about people he worked with or who could vouch for him or whatever, he's like, "Ronnie Dio uh, dead. dead. Lemmy, dead. dead. <laughs> Montrose, dead. I mean, you were going, I'm like, well, of course, none of those people are going to. Maybe they all hated working with them, and now they can't even say it. I, I, mean, I, I don't know, I'm just saying just out of, you know. I, I got to admit, something did come to me when I was reading the list. I mean, I'm just going down dead, 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 and I'm like, oh, my God, man. Is I mean, he saying? You know, you know, at the at the end of the day, what, 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 comes to me out of all of this is if you don't like the fact that as a studio musician you don't get the attention you want or feel you deserve you shouldn't be a studio musician you should be a band member because this is the life of a studio musician you're forever going to be behind the scenes and only known by the absolute peak of the diehards who care that Alan Schwartzberg played drums and not Eric Carr. That Jean Bouvard played bass and not Gene Simmons. I mean, we are the only ones that care about that. As a studio musician, that's your life. You, you, I would have thought you would have understood that going into 
When you're called in to play on Killers, you're not being called in to be a member of KISS. You're called in to play because the lead guitarist in KISS isn't in the band anymore. Mike, Michael, I, another thing, and this really goes right to the Vinnie Vincent issue as well. You know, Gene and Paul, KISS Incorporated, if you want, are very generous this way. You realize if both Vinnie, if Vinnie Vincent especially, and we talked about this before on the show, if he would have came back in 2018 fresh out of that Atlanta convention and stayed away from the people who he eventually went with, if he would have kept his nose clean, he could have opened himself up to help to to doing like these expos. These guys can make a lot of money if they wanted to. Just look at what his ego and his greed did because he could have played on the next couple of Kiss cruises. I mean, it's his e- my point is you, you want to throw Gene and Paul under the bus, but you know what? They're allowing you to play their songs on these Kiss cruises. They're allowing you to play their songs at a Kiss Expo. They're allowing you to 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 go to a Kiss Expo and make a few bucks. They're not they're not the, they're not the evil idiots, man. What what are you why are you treating them yeah, that I, way? I mean, yeah, you know, the Kiss cruise <laughs> Doesn't didn't sell out last year because Bob Kulik was on the cruise. The Kiss Cruise didn't sell out because Bruce Kulik was on the cruise. The Kiss Cruise sold out because it's the Kiss Cruise. It's something bigger than the the band members. So yeah, to to think that that Kiss owes it to you because they need you because you've done so much for them. It's like no, they don't need you. You know, if they're going to do another Kiss album, believe me, Paul Stanley could produce that just like he did the last two albums. Or if they really wanted to, we talked about this at the beginning, geez, they could just call Eddie Kramer or Bob Ezrin or Michael James Jackson. Three people who have actually produced Kiss, produced some incredible music with Kiss, music that us as the Kiss fans think is the Kiss sound. Every one of those producers has an album that, as a Kiss fan, you go, that's Kiss. By the way, Michael James Jackson, I did talk to him on the cruise. He does want to come back on. So I want to talk to you guys uh, a little bit about that. He was uh, he very, very, he said some very nice things about the show and his the couple of times he was on. So it was uh, nice. pretty cool. What a good guy. What a good so, guy. So, I mean, it, 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 it's, but, but it's, it's just a should... bit egotistical to to. For, for Bob to make these demands and think this is what he is owed and deserved. Well, it's you know just, what? Another, you know, it's Tom, a bigger ego than Gene. <laughs> Whoa. Um, you know, and Mark, we talked about, you know, the, the Kiss Cruise and why Bob wasn't on that, on the second cruise. And, you know, it, it all boils down to, to greed. I mean, if you, it's just greed. It's all greed. And you know what else? He, he, speaking about the cruise, he, you know, Bob mentioned that that Bruce stole uh, his band, right? Really? Come on, all union fans, right? Brent, <laughs> hello. Look at Todd, right? He played was on uh, BK3's release band, is the party band. Now, come on, really? Bob's band? You know, in, in the interview, in the interview on Metal Voice, part of Bob's beef is that. After that performance on Kiss Cruise last year, 
Bob claims he had tours lined up and all sorts of stuff lined up and that it that that it was Bruce's fault that none of it happened. The 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 question has to be asked did Bruce want to do any of that? I mean let let's be honest, maybe Bruce is like no, Grand Funk Railroad is a much better thing for me to be involved in than trying to start my own band again. As much fun as it is on the Kiss Cruise, you're going to end, you know, let's let's be honest, you know, Kulik Brothers going out on tour is going to be received about as well as um, Fraley's Comet without Ace Fraley going back out on tour. You're going to play well, clubs to a couple hundred people. Do you want to do other, that? The other piece of that, too, is we don't know what Bruce's contract is with Grand Funk. Maybe they give him all the latitude that he wants to do kiss the kiss cruise and, and do the, the things he does. But he may have agreed with them, though. Well, as long as I'm in Grand Funk, I won't be in another band that's touring. Very possible. Know. And as we talked before, you know, Bruce is an honest, hardworking guy. I mean, do you think he, you know, he's not going to put Grand Funk Railroad in a lurch to go and from, play from, from a financial yeah. standpoint, that's yeah. the smart decision is yep. you stay with Grand Funk Railroad. Yes, exactly. You stay well, not, with uh, not just him, those other two guys, they're playing with Slash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give them Slash. And, uh, wait, you know. wait, Slash? Bob Kulik. <laughs> slash, I'm quitting your band. I'm going with this guy who's an incredible studio musician. He's you know, got a Grammy. Like, <laughs> and it would have lasted maybe three shows, then Bob got all Looney Tunes. And then what would happen? You know? And again, this all does boil. I, 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 I hope I'm wrong, but I think I'm not. I, 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 I think he's a little cuckoo for Coke Puffs right now. That's all, you know? So then if that is the case, then we should also say, look, you know, if, if, if there is some, some issues... He needs to get some help. Get some help. Yes. Get some help. It goes back to, like I said. Who wants to live like this? Life's too short, man. This isn't the way to go about it. That's all. No. No. Being angry at the world and everybody close to you is going to make you sad, miserable, and even more angry. It's a spiral that you start going down. You know, that's why my attitude has always been, especially in social media, anybody who gets overly negative around me, you're gone. I just don't have the time. I don't want that negativity around me. I want to be happy, have fun, enjoy life. What he's doing right now is not having fun, being happy, and enjoying life. Nope. No, not at all. And, you know, um, yeah. Yep. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to say? I, I I would end it with just if you're seeing this drama going on, and sadly, I, I'm predicting it's going to continue for a bit. Um, ask questions. Understand there's two sides to what's going yes. on here. There's three sides. There's Bruce. There's Gene and Paul. There's Keith. There's three other stories here. You haven't heard them. So to immediately say those guys are all guilty because one person said so one person who is literally look at his language you have to ask questions and go is this legit is this real are these claims honest 
And that's what we're trying to point out. Yes. And that's the reason why I got, I, I'm angry is the fact that, you know, I was involved in a little bit of the drama and, you know, it, it needs, you know, it needs to be told what I went through at that expo, you know, I can tell you firsthand, I lived it. And there were other people around me that saw the exact same behavior as well. So it's, it's not just me too. There was other people around me, Mark, you saw it. Um, my table, my table mates saw it, you know, so, you know, I just felt that I needed to speak up and, you know, give my side of the coin at least. So. There you go. There you go, people. So crazy drama in the kiss world. Who would have thought here that back in 1978, when you were listening to side four of alive Two? In 2019, we'd be talking about how the guitarist of those songs went off, the deep, went, went off the deep end. I heard that Steve Ferris is the greatest guitar player in cast. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that. <laughs> Every day is something different. Oh, I, I again. It's not, it's not I, ever boring being a fan of this band. Please go answer. listen to the Metal Voice interview. I yes, guarantee so. you, if you listen with an open mind and 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 are serious about things, you're going to bust out laughing when you hear some of these statements that are made. You're like, and you know what? what? After, after that, go listen to Paul Stanley's solo record and go, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that Paul Stanley solo album is phenomenal. My favorite of the four. It's the fucking And again, album. we want to reiterate that we're not taking anything away from his accomplishments. No, meaning him in any way in the respect that we still love the music that he produced. But just don't, I don't like the attitude. Amen, brother. Amen. Uncalled for. Not needed. This is the end of the road. Let's celebrate. Let's be happy. You know, if you think celebrating is everybody gets to go on stage, where do you draw the line? There are literally, if you if, if you looked over the course of Kiss's career, hundreds of people that have contributed to Kiss music. Yeah. And playing drums, bass, guitar, all of that stuff. How about the backup singers on Sweet Pain? We're going to get them in? Yeah. That wasn't the uh, four guys. They come from, in? From uh, Great Expectations. Yeah. Does, 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 does Katie Seagal get to come on stage because she's saying? So. What about Lassie? Rick Nielsen. I'll take that. Yeah. Richie Randall. Yes. When, where does that end? Yep. That's the whole stupid uh, Yeah. Part. Where do you draw the line? Why? Why are you more worthy of it than somebody else? Because you were on, and I don't know the exact number, like 11, 12, 14 songs you contributed to. Great. Desmond Child. Desmond how Child. How come, he didn't turn, how come he didn't turn his checks back and go, no, I don't want it. We'll work something better out. No, it didn't happen. That's right. You wanted the work. You got it. Again, no need to go over all this. but It, it really is that silly. It, it really is that silly. So there you go. You got, you got paid, man. You got your session work. You got paid. And guess what? The great thing about session work is if you do a good job, guess what? You're going to get more because you your more name, your name you're is going to get out. Because you're a hard worker. You play well. No drama. Mm-hmm. Well, and then all that weird stuff about Paul Stanley's apartment. It's like. That was, that was crazy. I, yeah. So just so you guys know, one, one of the things he talked about was how when Paul Stanley went on tour, he let Bob live in his apartment, which was cool. That's a super cool thing to do. 
But what Bob didn't like was he was basically subletting it. And according to the lease, I guess, Paul didn't have the right to sublet it. So landlord, doorman, somebody came up and was like, you're out of here. You can't stay here. This isn't your apartment. Bob, again, paraphrasing, but it's all in the Metal Voice interview. Bob calls Paul, says this is going on. Paul's response, don't worry, my lawyer will take care of it. And then Bob said. Wait, wait the interviewer they, goes, then what happened? And what Bob happened? goes. They, they took, took care of it. it. <laughs> okay, so what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> what are you bitching about? Why are you mad then? He took care of it. He took care of you. You Again, continue to live that's there. What really boggles the mind about this is they took care of him in the past. They he could have had all these great opportunities now if he just would have kept his mouth shut. Bob is he shot himself in the foot. He could have who knows what could have happened after that first cruise. It's the same where greed, anger, jealousy all play such a part. And now look, now look what it has come to. And who the hell wants to play with someone so damn angry? Sure as hell not me. Amen, Brother Bubba. Boom. All right. So I think I think Tommy's frozen. Is he frozen for you guys? Isn't that that Disney movie? Fro- frozen let 2. Tommy's Frozen go. 2. Let it go. Let's throw let out a home, homework for today. Oof. I guess first homework question, a fun one. Did you get to yeah. partake in Midnight Bacon with Mark if you were on the cruise? Ooh, that sounds naughty, too. <laughs> it was, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, have, ha, uh, homework. Uh-oh. Have you ever Uh-oh. slept through a Kiss concert? My father did, 1979. <laughs> I didn't sleep through a whole concert. <laughs> I don't care. This is, gonna, this, this is not going to die just like pasta. My father slept through a, the Kiss concert, my very first one in Pittsburgh. And after Ace did his guitar solo, I looked over to him and I said, "Daddy, wasn't that so cool?" And here's my dad in the chair. He slept. You know, you know what? But Kiss but concert. that that that's your dad. He's not a Kiss fan. This is Mark Giacchini. Yeah, Mark, that's pretty bad, man. <laughs> that's that's bad. Dude. And 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 I guess final homework question. What's your take on all of this Bob Kulik drama? And think about it. Think. Yeah. Just think. Yeah. Don't, you know, think hard. Are there are there questions you ha- that you want to ask that need to be answered about what's going on? Very good, Michael. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Wait a second, I don't get paid the big bucks. <laughs> I want respect, guys. Respect me. I don't get paid. But that's because I love you guys. Oh. All right. So uh, I don't know. Tommy Tommy said he's going to reconnect and join, but we're going to keep rolling here. If he doesn't get back in time, he's gone. Um, As always, please head over to iTunes. Leave us a review and rating. It means a lot. It helps. If you're watching this on YouTube, which you should be because Lisa is with us this entire episode and she looks so lovely. Thank you. In her kiss asylum. Is that is that Bob on the shirt? No, it's Bruce. Don't no. 
That's BK right there. Bruce. That's BK. That's Bruce. Yep. Tears are falling. Right. Yeah. Um, if you're right watching here. this on YouTube, hit that little red subscribe button in the lower right corner so you never miss another episode. And um, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to mention or plug? No, because it's dinner time. It's long past dinner time. So yeah, it's ten the, minutes. The, to the, eight. The, the hangries are approaching. That's right. All right, guys. That's it. Three sides of the coin. We're out of here. We'll see you next week. Love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks. Download your free free copy of the KISS School of Marketing. 11 Lessons I Learned Working with KISS. The number one downloaded business book on Noise Trade. Go to books.noisetrade.com slash Michael Brandvold. You're listening to Three Sides of the Coin. So you love the show. Go to iTunes.threesidesofthecoin.com and leave your review and rating of Three Sides of the Coin. Thanks.